This is Counsel for Life, a podcast engaging conversations about mental health and the Christian life with licensed biblical counselors Beth Broom and Eliza Huey. Hello, everyone, and hello, Beth. How are you doing? Good morning. Good to see you, Eliza. It is morning here, and boy, (laughs) it's the start of when we're recording this, it's the start of December, which feels like somebody just pushed like, like, (laughs) the speedometer up significantly on <laughs> on my calendar so yeah seriously how much christmas shopping have you done eliza one person one oh. person that's it well, well oh oh sorry <laughs> i take it back i did send a little something to everyone in my family just a little something does that count i think yes that I like won't a say thoughtful what little yeah you're, you are thoughtful in that way <laughs> Do you send Christmas cards to people? Are you no, a Christmas card person? Okay. Absolutely not. I, yeah. I can't do it. I, I just, I'm not, I feel like I'm organized in my work life and in yeah. my home life. I just, I'm just getting by, man. I'm just doing the best. Well, I, <laughs> I wonder about our, our guests today, guests plural, because yes. um, I know for a fact that one of them is very artistic in their ability to express not just meaningful things as far as, you know, the area of biblical counseling, but just heartfelt things that I feel like would go in a Christmas card. So without <laughs> further ado, because most of the listeners, I don't know when this is going to air, are going to be like, we're over Christmas. Yes. Um, <laughs> but welcome, Jonathan and Jen Holmes. Welcome, you guys. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like we should have the applause, uh, an applause thing, you know, like a, a sound effect. We're Can so we excited to have you guys. It's going to be great. Yes. Thanks well, Well, let me tell you a little bit about, most of you know Jonathan. He's been on our podcast before. He is the founder and executive director director at Fieldstone Counseling. We so appreciate Fieldstone and the many resources that they give us in counselors, but also the resources, Jonathan, that you have provided for us, which we're going to, which is part of what's kind of leading out our conversation today and why we had Jen join us. And Jen um, is the intake coordinator for the Boston Center of Biblical Counseling, but she has a whole lot of other accolades. She is a OT by trade and a mom of four very busy girls. And I know very involved in uh, the sports life there as, as are you, Jonathan, but welcome Jen as well. Thank you. (laughs) Glad to be here. Well, we're super excited to have a conversation with you guys today. And um, the reason why we wanted to have you both on, which normally we just have one guest, but um, it just felt appropriate to have you both on because I know, Jonathan, you have written a book on marriage counseling, and that book has been very helpful. It's called Counsel for Couples, and we will put it in the show notes. You can get it through Zondervan or pretty much anywhere you can buy books, but it is a guide for biblical marriage counseling. And uh, so we thought, what a better thing to have your wife on with you, because I've noticed recently that you guys have been uh, doing some teaching together. It seemed like there's there's been some times where, where you've done some marriage conference retreats. So I just wanted to maybe start off by saying, can you tell us how that happened? Is that something you've always dreamed of doing or, or what, yeah. how that, how did that come about? 
Yeah, I'd say there's probably a little bit of a story there. When Jen and I were doing premarital counseling a long time ago, uh, we've been married uh, 18 years now this November. Uh, our premarital counselors had us write a family mission statement. And they just said, hey, what like, what do you want the Holmes family to be about? Like, What do you guys want to pursue? And uh, kind of the two things that we landed on even 18 years ago were teaching and discipleship and counseling. Uh, we just felt like those were areas that the Lord had gifted us in, and we love doing ministry together. Uh, we're different personalities, and so a lot of times we have different interests, but the opportunity to do something together, ministry provides that for us. And so uh, whenever we can do ministry together, I feel like it's such a privilege. And in doing a lot of, I'd say, both informal marriage counseling in the church, and then it may be over the years translating to more opportunities to speak at retreats and marriage conferences, I think it's been a it's been a great joy for us. And I think the opportunities come along in terms of the invite maybe comes to me. And typically my response back is, hey, can I bring my wife? And it would there be an opportunity not just to hear from a guy and a husband, but yeah. don't you think it'd be great to hear from the other 50 percent uh, of this relationship? So I feel like that's that's one of the ways those opportunities has come about. Jen? Yeah, I mean, um, we're kind of at a season of life now where I'm able to say yes to those opportunities. Mm. And it's just always really um, encouraging to go and to be with John. It's a joy and a privilege and a unique one, I think. And um, we're just, I always love getting there and, and seeing the couples. Like we have people who are just newly married to like 50 years and, mm. and just seeing the body of Christ at work and, and just wanting to represent the Lord well in their marriage. Mm. That's wonderful. Any challenges that you guys face? I mean, don't, don't tattle on yourselves too much, I guess, but just, you know, any, anything that's challenging about uh, doing this work together, (laughs) please Um, tattle, tattle. She's going to go for it. She's got, she's got some big stories. You know, like, honestly, the first thing that comes to mind and the challenge part of it is um, the morning of going to a, a conference, like from the time we get up till we get on the plane, I'm much like less is best amount of time in the airport. John is a early is on time kind of guy. (laughs) Um, And so he'll say like, we always take the early flight out. Like, let's leave at 4 a.m., which means (laughs) I've got to be ready at 3.45 a.m. And um, we get in the car. It's an hour's uh, drive to the airport. And John is actually a good driver, but something about that morning, I'm always like trying to help him drive beside him, you know, pushing the fake brake pedals, all of that kind of stuff, which really encourages him. Yes. (laughs) Then we get to the airport and he's like laser focused on getting through security. So I like jump on the people mover to try to keep up with him who is not on the people mover. He has TSA pre-check. I do not. And then like we get there and we usually meet at like, um, like, like a newsstand or something. And I'm like, did we get here this early so you could buy a pack of gum for 1050? You know, like, <laughs> thing. and um, I just think right from the gate, like our, our need for the Lord yeah. is just very evident because our weaknesses are really yeah. highlighted yeah. in how we prefer one another yes. and care for one yes. another. Yes. And at some point on the <laughs> ride there or in the airport, we're like, why in the world are we going somewhere to talk about marriage? We are... <laughs> We are already messing this up. We are not preferring one another. We're insisting on our own way. So, and we love, and we're honest about that. We talk about our differences oftentimes because we don't have a perfect marriage and we do have everyday struggles like the couples that we're speaking to. For us, uh, our personalities as it relates to travel is uh, 
one of our finer moments uh, in marriage for sure. <laughs> well, I can totally relate to that. If if you are not sprinting to make it to yeah. that gate before that door shuts, you haven't actually maximized your time. So, Jenna, oh, Eliza, no. that is winning, Eliza, no, in my no. world. <laughs> no. I, you need a two hour buffer. You need to be in the gate area at least two hours. I feel like wow, have to do so. Yeah, man. I think I feel like I'm gonna. I would if we had a choice of who I'm gonna travel with. I'm. I'm sorry, Jonathan. I'm probably gonna travel with Jen. <laughs> That's good. I'm I sure the majority of people would. I'm, I'm sure. already feeling stressed enough about travel. I don't. I'm oh. like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beth, Beth and Eliza, you guys do not want to travel with uh, Travel Jonathan. It's uh, <laughs> not it's not my best side for sure. <laughs> Well, let's uh, let's dive into a couple of questions related to Christian marriage. And I know people listening are listening and probably already grateful for the way you guys have come across so relatable and even in just what you just shared there. But we often hear the word Christian marriage in the church, or I hear it a lot in the counseling room. You know, people come in and be like, I, we just, our marriage is not a very Christian marriage, or we want it to be a more Christian marriage or premarital people, you know, pe- people who are engaged to be married will say things that like that. So when you hear that, what would you say that means? And, and you know, not necessarily the obvious when we can open up Genesis and say, okay, between one man and one woman, we're going to, we're going to assume that. But when you think about just the dynamic of that, what does that look like? I think a a simple definition would be two people who are in Christ joined in a covenant by Christ for Christ, Mm. you know, and that our model is Christ himself. And because we are in Christ, we can bring our weaknesses to the table. We, we don't have to be afraid to do that. And we have a power beyond ourselves Mm -hmm. and we're not without hope. Because yeah. it's it's founded and grounded in Christ. Yeah. yeah. And playing off of that definition, I'd say that's the main thing at the front end of marriage counseling I'm trying to help people see is marriage is a relationship that's not about you. It's about someone else. Mm-hmm. And I, I find, especially with younger couples, Gen Z couples, uh, non-Christian couples, the predominant movement and narrative with marriage is this is about me. It's for me. It's about me not being lonely. It's about me having a life partner. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd say there's some truth to that. I wouldn't say marriage is just supposed to be like this miserable relationship that you're involved in, but it's primarily in a Christian model. It's about someone else. It's about your spouse and it's ultimately for God. And I think a lot of the problems that couples find in marriage is they place a load of expectations and burdens on their spouse to get fulfilled uh, because it's at the end of the day, even, even in Christian marriages uh, in our sinful state, it can be about us. We want to make it about my needs, my priorities, what makes me comfortable. And Christian marriage has to have Christ at the center and has to be about someone else at the end of the day. So how would you guys counsel let's say you had a couple that you were sitting with but you knew you were just going to be able to give them one session maybe it's like we what what kinds of what's something you would say that would help direct them and point them how would you counsel them towards what it means to to do what you just talked about in christ for christ all of that yeah. I mean, the you know, a simple question that, you know, I'd be asking people out of the gate is, hey, what are you here for? What is it that you want? 
Um, they could be good ones. They could be good desires. But what is it that you want? What is it that you're after? And I would say like your garden variety of things, you know, hey, we want better communication, want, you know, a better sex life. We want better conflict mm-hmm. resolution. At some point, those are good things about the marriage, but there's, you know, always a little kickback to them too. They want something that makes their life a little bit better. And at the end of the day, I say, well, okay, what have you done so far that has helped you get to those things and achieve those goals? And most of the time, the reason why they're there is because they have tried things and found them wanting. Mm -hmm. And so in that first session, I say, man, is there a willingness and an openness to try something different to potentially get to this end goal and to get to this end goal, perhaps in a different way? Mm. Mm. that's helpful yeah it's it's so interesting this the obviously the bible has a lot to say about marriage specifically but even when you think about just relationships it's like how you get two people in the room together and they say we want things to be better but if their ultimate goal is better so that i can have what i want is a very different viewpoint than better so that we can have a thriving and flourishing marriage which requires I mean, like I always say, man, you show up here, the number one thing you need is humility, <laughs> like the ability to say, I don't know, I need the Lord and I I, I need to listen to the Lord and to my spouse. <laughs> yes, yes. That's good. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. So as you think about um, mar- Christian marriage and, you know, the, the scope of what it is that we're looking for and having a, a marriage that honors and glorifies Christ, obviously a lot of times, I know I see this, I'm certain you guys do too, one spouse is very in they really want to come to marriage counseling the other spouse is reluctant for 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 whatever reason Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes they come anyway and you can tell that one spouse is very reluctant as you think about it uh, how would you encourage somebody who's reluctant maybe they've showed up but they're not they're not sure what they think about this whole counseling thing (laughs) how would you encourage somebody if both of them were there together and you could tell that there was a little bit of reluctance, I would try as tactfully and as thoughtfully as possible in this session to just name that, Mm -hmm. to identify that there seems to be a little bit of discomfort to say maybe to the husband, hey, I noticed that maybe this seems like it's difficult for you or uh, you just seem a little bit uncomfortable. Could you tell me a little bit more about that? Uh, Number one, just to notice him and to see him or notice her and to see her. Uh, But then in a bigger picture, to help them realize that in order to make progress moving forward, uh, having both of them as fully engaged as possible is going to yield the best results. Uh, if you've got one spouse who's dragging the other spouse along, um, you know, you might get a little bit of traction in those first few sessions, but in the long run, I think it's going to be difficult to see, I think, some of that lasting change that you want. So uh, if the spouse is coming by themselves, a lot of times it's encouraging them to say, okay, what within your power and area of influence, can you begin to change? And oftentimes that means working on your own life and your own heart and not trying to get your spouse to a place where they're just currently not. So I tend not to be a big fan of like forcing people's hands to <laughs> counseling or like, you know, if you don't come to these sessions, you know, then I'm like leaving or I'm walking out or, you know, whatever. Uh, that type of manipulation in relationship typically only adds to the problems, not solves the problem. I don't I mean, what, what would you say? Yeah, I think you just... If you're the willing spouse, you just really have to entrust to the Lord in his timing and in his way um, and pray that there'll be a willingness on their part that not nag about it. Or like you said, like 
manipulate in any kind of way. So I think a lot of times like men and women come into marriage, women come into a marriage, hoping that they're going to be able to change their husband. Husbands tend to come into marriages, hoping that their wives never change from the type of woman they dated. Mm -hmm. And so that dynamic a lot of times sets up marriages for, you know, challenges and difficulties Mm -hmm. and helping them realize maybe some of those natural defaults and instincts can be helpful in that process. Mm, those common kind of misconceptions. And yes. I'm sure yeah. there's probably a lot more we could talk about because I think sometimes we, we, I mean, not sometimes we always come into something with an expectation. And I just love what you guys said at the beginning of just being able to say like, this is a, a true Christian marriage is, is for Christ and, and we are in Christ and, and it's about Christ. And so, you know, even just having that as something that you kind of have to bring into to the picture that, that sometimes they'll bring a whole lot of problems. I need, I, my, the reason for my marriage counseling is because we have communication problems or like you mentioned, our sex life, or we, we argue a lot or whatever, but, but really, I think going back to that core thing that you started with of just saying, you know, this is really, this is about Christ and your marriage will only be as good as that relationship is as a Christian marriage. Um, and so putting that first, which is really good. I always, I always try to encourage people. Like, I think a lot of people think, Oh, we need marriage counseling only if we're in crisis, like mm. crisis, you know, and just that illustration of a car, like the check engine light comes on, like you can take it to see someone who can help you navigate like what the problem is or you can wait till you're like abandoned on the side of the road, of, mm. you know, and it's, it's, you're just at that, that spot. So just being um, willing and humble, like you had said at the beginning, Beth, like nothing is, I'm never surprised that a couple comes to marriage counseling. Yep. Like we're all fallen people yes. in a fallen world who, who need help. And in mm. Christ, Christ wants to help us and he's given yeah. us opportunities and people yeah. to do that. Yeah. So 100%. That's so good. Yeah. And I think you even, you know, you, you touched on the never being, never, never being surprised for right. somebody to go to marriage counseling. But I also, when I think about the check engine line, it's like, gosh, if I don't ever change the oil in my car, eventually <laughs> my check engine light's going to come. So even the maintenance components yes. and, you know, not everybody needs to go see a professional, you know, paid counselor, but who are the people in your life that are holding you accountable, asking you good questions, encouraging you in your marriage? Because if you're isolated, oh my goodness, like, what do you, it's, it's really hard to find that special person that's going to help you when you're in the middle of crisis already. So much better to have something in advance. Uh, And I actually, it's been really wonderful to, in, in church-based ministry kind of settings, as we are in small groups together or, you know, those kinds of things to be able to say, wow, I don't know what, I mean, I hear all the time. I don't know what I would have done if I didn't already have this person or these people coming alongside me so that when crisis did hit, I already had a solid support system and a foundation. Um, Man, we're just never meant to do it alone. Oh, we're not. We are. That's good. Well, one more question. And then I think Beth has a question that's going to kind of take us in a slightly different direction. (laughs) I think all of our listeners will want to know the answer to, but Jonathan, you wrote a book on marriage counseling. We talked about it at the beginning that, um, and really it's, it's for those who are seeking to help people counsel for couples is the name of it. And, uh, that book, uh, obviously out of your own experience, but can you give 
maybe something that comes to mind, some maybe approach or creative um, aspect yeah. of marriage counseling that you have used that has been helpful and had, you know, maybe unexpected or positive results. Uh, yeah. I'll give one for a husband and one for a wife. So All right. something, something I love to do for husbands is after their wife gets done talking, I'll just say, can you repeat back to me what she just said? Can you just, and, and guys, I'll tell you probably 99% of the time, the guy will get deer in the headlights look and they're like, uh, I mean, I think it was, and I'll say, okay, all right. That's a good. That's okay. Trick question. I'll say to the wife, can you say that again? And then I'll ask the husband again. And again, nine times out of 10, the husband will give me an interpretation of what they think that she said. Uh, they'll discount something or they'll move into their own narrative. And it's just an example to say, so many problems in marriage come from a lack of true listening and mm -hmm. hearing. Like if you can't even repeat back the very words or at least even a good summary, how are we going to make progress? So a lot of times I'll do that with a guy. With a wife, I'll I'll press her and I'll say, what is it that you really want? Like, let's say you had a magic wand and you could change anything you wanted to about your husband. What would it be? And again, oftentimes what they're wanting is an idealized version of what they think is going to meet their needs and wants. And then moving into saying, okay, do you think that's realistic? Do you think that that's the same picture that God calls uh, your husband to be? Because God calls your husband to be a servant, a leader uh, in the home. It seems like you have a lot of other things, though, that you're wanting here. And it's not that those things are bad, but where can the starting point be? So trying to get both of them, you know, the husband to listen well and the wife to be able to have a more holistic understanding of what she's after in the marriage. So those would be two simple things. I think, again, anybody, a lay counselor, marital, you know, counselor uh, would be able to do with, with marginal success to some degree. Excellent. Those are great questions. Great questions. Well, um, okay. So here's the, here's the, uh, left turn a little bit <laughs> and I'm, I'm excited to ask this question. So Jen, what's it like for you to be married to someone who is a marriage counselor and who write, who wrote a book about marriage <laughs> and like all of these, like, what is it like? How much it, do you love it? Is it like the <laughs> airport? Is it kind of yeah. like the airport? I don't know. No, marriage is a profound mystery. And, um, <laughs> I do. I do. Um, you know, John is like, he's just very good at like navigating like hard things, emotions, like our daughters have a lot of emotion and I'm more like, you know, buck up buttercup. And like one, one time when Emma was first born, like he came home and all five of us were crying and like, he did not run the other way. And you know, he'll, he'll want to like talk through your heart and, you know, he's a good <laughs> listener. And, and so there's definite like benefit to it. But I think, I, I, I think in my own um, sin, oftentimes, like, you know, he's not perfect. He's happy to tell you that right out the gate. Like we struggle, the struggle is real. And, um, you know, I'll say things like, you're going to put that in your book or, <laughs> Okay, like she has, she and has. I'll say, oh, the way you're responding right now is that what you're telling the husbands of America? Yes, she has said that too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so yes. I think in my like one time when we were first married, I remember him looking at me and he's like, "Do you mean to tell me that Christ in you right now cannot help?" And I was just, I went totally toddler. I was like, "Blah blah 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 blah," you know. So, <laughs> um, there, there are those those times, but um, yeah. 
grateful for his book and his resource <laughs> that I can contribute <laughs> practically in the day. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're laughing, oh. but I so there's a couple of things I so appreciate about this interaction that just happened. One, Jonathan is like, yep, that's we're this is real. You know, there, it's there's not a, as far as we can tell, no offense taken by that, by no. your words, Jen. No. But also, I mean, I think just as counselors, as members of churches, as small group leaders, whatever role we take, I think there is this thing often of, oh, I can't help somebody else because I'm I don't oh. have it figured out. You know, like I'm I don't know what I'm doing. And so what an encouragement of like, listen, we're all in this together. We're all in process. Nobody is fully sanctified. Nobody no. has reached completion, as James 1 talks about, until we go home to be with the Lord. And so, man, how how beautiful is it to just say, you know, we're 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 putting our hands to the plow, even when we feel weak, because the Lord has given us this to do. And so, I mean, I know we're we're joking, but what an encouragement. I hope listeners that encourages you that wherever you're at, you, you have some sort of way to plug into the body of Christ and love others. Well, regardless of whether you have, you know, you're an expert on something, you right. can still encourage right. others and, and come alongside. Right. I remember oh, Winston Smith, uh, who's written a lot on marriage. One time I was talking to him and he was talking about writing a lot on marriage. And he says, I've been able to stay married and stay married well, because I have written on it. And because I am sitting it because it's, constant reminders of mm. my neediness, my inability, my weakness, my dependence on Christ, mm. that as I'm writing, as we're talking, counseling, that it reminds me, okay, it's work and mm. it's work that the Lord has called us to. So it's a joy. I mean, yeah, there's hardships and struggles like any couple, but uh, as Jen reminds me, there's a, so much good in it too, mm. uh, which we'd rightly want to recognize. Yes, so. we would. <laughs> <laughs> she leans over and gives him yes. a hug. Yeah. Well, and I hope that as you're listening to this, that if I, I will put in the show notes how you can get in touch with them because you guys are doing more and more we teaching are. together, mm -hmm. which is exciting and fun. Mm. So yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, and thank you guys so much for your your humbleness, your willingness to come and, and be with us today and what a gift it is to our listeners, I'm certain, but to us as well. I feel so encouraged by your work, but also just your family and being able to watch, even watch as friends on, on social mm -hmm. media or whatever, mm -hmm. just watch the process of what it looks like to be mom and dad to these mm -hmm. kiddos and to do ministry in the midst of that and to have them join you in those. It's just it's just awesome. You guys, thank your you. family is a beautiful example to all of us. And so thank you for um, the good work that you're doing. And and more importantly, importantly, even just the the ways in which you are Godward focused in your own hearts and in your marriage. And um, that speaks volumes. It's, it's really mm -hmm. helpful and wonderful. Mm -hmm. So thank you. And listeners, thank you for joining us. Eliza, I'm so glad to get to hang out with you as well. And Me too. listeners, we hope that you will... Um, you know, we always we, we like to say that when you hit that like button, other people are going to get to be able to see our podcast out there even more. And we are uh, we're in we're in the middle of season three. We're actually about to have our hundredth episode. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, we'll have our hundredth episode. In fact, I think this might be our hundredth episode. I don't My remember goodness. for sure, but in the schedule, 
That yeah. would be so fun if that was <laughs> our hundred. I need fun. to look and see. But listeners, thank you again because you know your listening is what allows us to be able to keep going and to see. Wow, this is helpful, and we want to keep doing it. And so, thank you so much for joining us. And we're eager to talk to you again next week. We hope you'll join us again for another episode. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Council for Life. We want to invite you to become a friend of the podcast by subscribing to our Patreon. Subscribers get to participate in quarterly Zoom calls with the hosts, where you can ask questions and engage in topics related to past or upcoming episodes. Subscribers are also automatically entered into drawings for free books and resources. For more information, visit www.counselforlifepodcast.com. And as always, be sure you stay in the loop by hitting that like and subscribe button so you never miss an episode.